1: I'm obsessed with watches. You know those little clocks that you wear on your wrist? I feel like I need to own a watch. But I go through them like water. Every time I buy a watch, I slap it onto the old wrist. I walk around, you know, kind of positioning myself in such a way so that everybody can see my new watch. Hey, look at this. This is my new watch. Isn't it it fancy? Isn't it nice? But then something always happens to it. I either run into a doorway and crack the face or even something as simple as the battery dies and while trying to replace it, I break the watch. My very first watch was one of those Casio calculator watches. I remember owning one of those in grade school and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Anytime you can do something on a watch other than tell time, that's got to be, it's got to be a miracle. You see these new Apple watches or these new smart watches. I worked at a Walgreens and I would work the front counter and I would ring people up. Every once in a while, somebody would come up and pay with their smart, their, their smartwatch. And I just thought that is so freaking cool. And then when people talk into their smartwatch, it's like freaking Inspector Gadget or something. It's the coolest thing ever. And I would love to have a smartwatch. But I know the moment I strap one on my wrist, something's going to happen to it. The last watch I ever owned, I got as an anniversary present from work. After I hit 10 years at work, I had this code given to me and it said, hey, go out online and you can pick from among these gifts. And I chose this watch. It was a real cool looking watch. And that's the one that after about two months, I had it for two months, the batteries wore down. I cracked the the, the back of it off. I replaced the battery. And then I just couldn't get the back back onto it. No matter how hard I tried, I could not get the back back onto that watch. I could not figure out how to get the back onto it. And it just drove me crazy. And I just chucked the watch in a drawer. Well, the other day I opened up my drawer and I found all my watches, just a, a pile of watches. And I thought, you know what? I need to do something with these. And so I sat down and over the course of a weekend, I made a belt out of these watches. I had so many watches that I could make a belt out of them. And I got done and I put the belt on and I looked at myself in the mirror and I just thought, wow, what a waste of time. to another episode of my other podcast, Was That Joke Not Phenomenal? I'm just coming with the gold every week, folks, with those jokes. Folks and jokes and tokes and smokes. That's what we're talking about today, buddy. Buddy? <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know! I'm going crazy. Oh my goodness gracious. So, I'm just going to let you guys know right off the bat that this is going to be one of those episodes that I do eventually release out on Just Another Fanboy. I like to, every once in a while, take one of the episodes of my other podcast and put it out on the main feed, the Just Another Fanboy feed, because people gotta know. People gotta know that I'm doing this. They gotta hear the word. The word is the word, or the bird is the word, Thunderbird. I almost said turd. Oh, I said it. Oh my goodness. I said that word, Thunderbird. Not many words rhyme with word, other than Thunderbird, or just bird in general. Heard, which is one of those words that is one of those words that you feel like a nine year old saying it because it's a nine year old word. Adults typically don't use that word, even when talking about their own fecal matter, which is <laughs> I can't believe I have brought the podcast to this point. Oh, my goodness. Please, you're going to have to forgive me. You're just going to have to forgive me. That's the kind of morning I'm having or week or life or whatever. COVID-19, people are dying, the world is on fire, and I'm talking about bodily waste. I didn't mean to. That's not on my agenda. Of course, I don't have an agenda except for what's up here in the old mind. Anyway, I think what I'm trying to say, folks, is that this wonderful stuff that you've just heard will be heard by other people beyond you, my loyal listeners over here on the Patreon. I'm not going to release it right away. I'm going to give it at least a month, but just be forewarned, as special as most of the other episodes are, I don't want to say this is not as special. (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying, but here's what I'm going to do for you times two. Rhyming is hard. I think that's why I enjoy hip hop so much. When Of course, in my brain, it's done right and very snobbery when it comes to the hip hop. But yet I'm not. Some of the hip hop groups I listen to, I think people would be like, really? DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince? Really? Yeah, he can throw a flow. Seriously, go out there and listen to He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper. Go find that song and listen to it. It starts out as just straight up nonsense it's just nonsense dj jazzy jeff is mixing it up on the wheels of steel he's doing some scratching and will smith is just being really quite silly but then he starts rapping and it's just like dang it's 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 dang that's all i'm gonna say
0: one two one two and my rhymes have been written not to be in. but as it seems, some suckers keep forgetting the rules about rapping, but that's alright cause in the next five minutes, I'ma have them all uptight stronger than a dinosaur, better known than sin I'm in the battles I battle, I usually win I'm in less than a minute, but it all depends on how long it takes your rappers to realize they trying to defend yourself, is ridiculous didn't you get my messages out of the question, got your toys boys, I'm the real McCoy, I'm really gonna enjoy seeing you destroyed, if I was Fred Stone, I'd probably own all of bedrock, if I was a criminal, I'd probably own a cell block, if I was in the Navy I would own the sea, but I'm a poet, so I own the whole the
1: street. i'm like I'm let's stop man. already that's not why i'm here good lord i think anybody who might be listening to this later on just another fanboy is scratching their heads going people pay a dollar a month for this really a dollar a month are you sure okay so yeah today i want to talk about a comic that i've read twice now it's called injustice gods among us it was written by tom taylor it had a, a slew of artists on it. If you go to the Comicsology website, it only gives credit to Mike S. Miller and Bruno Redondo. Bruno Redondo, if you remember, he's the guy that was on Suicide Squad for a bit. And he's the guy whose name I mispronounced during one of my episodes over and over again and made a little song about it. But there are w- many more artists on this the names of which are not coming to me at all, with the exception of Kevin Maguire was on an issue. Well, here's, here's the story behind the story, okay? This is based off of a video game. This is a prequel to a video game. I've never played the video game. Apparently, you can be a DC hero and beat up other DC heroes. It's like Street Fighter, but with DC heroes. I don't know how it looks. I don't know how it plays. I'm not a gamer, And this was written as the prequel to basically how we got to the point where we're in a video game beating each other up. How did the DC Universe get to the point where Superman is beating up Martian Manhunter? How does that happen? How? What kind of world does that have to be? And they entrusted that to Tom Taylor. Now, y'all know I love me some Tom Taylor, but... The first time I heard about this book, I had no idea who Tom Taylor was. There was a dude that I used to work with. What's up, Arthur, if you eventually hear this on the Just Another Fanboy feed? Yeah, I just called you out for not being a Patreon or a patron, or whatever they're called. You know I'm joking, so settle down. Anyway, he would tell me all the time a number of years ago, have you read Injustice, God's Among Us, year one? Have you read it? You need to read it. Because I had I had started to work at this place where he worked. We both learned that we loved comic books. He's a He's a younger dude, so he's read a bunch of the new books. I'm an older dude, so I've read a bunch of the old books. And so I'd read a bunch of stuff he'd never read. He's read a bunch of stuff I've never read. I had just signed on to Hoopla, which is through your library. If you get got a library card, you can read digital comics for free through your library. That's pretty awesome. And he just kept bugging me. Dude, you got to read this book. And I thought, why would I read this book? First of all, nose turned up in the air. It's not in canon. Why would I want to read a book about Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman if it's not in canon? That's silly. Plus... It's based on a video game? Oh my gosh. Talk about lame. That's, that was me. Because I don't know if I've explained this to you guys before, but I'm a bit of an idiot. I'm not a smart man. And so I ignored him. I just kept brushing him off. Whatever, dude. I'm not reading a comic book about a video game. What is it going to be, 22 pages of them punching each other with little health bars going back and forth? And then at the end, it's going to go, game over. That just sounds dumb. I'm not going to read that. Well, eventually, I got tired of him just pounding this into my head. And I said, fine, I'll tell you what. I'll go and look on Hoopla. And if it's there, I'll read it. And here I thought, it's not going to be on Hoopla. Come on. It's a comic book about a video game. Nobody read it. That's the that's what I thought anyway. And it was there on Hoopla, of course. And so true to my word, I read it. So from what I understand, this was a book that was originally released digitally in 36 chapters over the course of a year. And then they released it as in comic book format in 12 issues and one annual. And then this thing that I read, Injustice, Gods Among Us, year one, collects all of that. It collects the first year. And I'll be honest with you, um, the first time he mentioned it to me, I did go out there and try to give it a read, and I got a few pages into it. And within the first couple of pages, you learn that Superman and Lois, who are married, Lois is pregnant. Superman goes, after learning this, Superman goes off to do something. Lois goes off on, on uh, she goes to, to do her reporting. <laughs> she and, and Jimmy are are hiding out. They're going to catch some bad guys doing bad things. The Joker shows up and shoots Jimmy in the head. Now, they don't show the Joker shooting Jimmy in the head, but you see Jimmy looking through the lens of his camera, and he shot through the camera, basically. And I just went, nah. I was, th- there was a point that I was just really down on DC because DC had started to become super dark, you could not read a DC event book without Superboy showing up and punching people's heads off. And I got really kind of tired of it. Now, for me, growing up, DC was always the super friends, you know, happy-go-lucky. And I don't expect that out of my DC books. I mean, one of my favorite DC books of all time is Batman The Dark Knight Returns. But after a while, it gets old. The The darkness, just it just seeps into you. And you become dark and so i just went nah this obviously is too dark right away they've already shot jimmy olsen in the head and they're going to do something to lois i don't want to see what that is so i put it down digitally put it down but then eventually i came back to it and now i've read it twice so let me tell you a little bit about what the book is about let me give you some some story information i'm going to tell you what i liked what i didn't like and then maybe we'll just wrap it up and go on our separate ways and live our lives the way people do. So the whole premise behind this book is that a tragedy happens to Superman. And I'm going to tell you what it is, because it's no secret. It happens within the first chapter or two, maybe. So Superman finds out that Lois is pregnant. He's super happy about it. He goes off to do his Superman stuff. He's helping Batman with something. He tells Batman that Lois is pregnant Batman is happy for him. He asks Batman to be the godfather. Batman says yes. Lois, in the meantime, is doing some investigative journalism. She's hiding out with Jimmy Olsen to catch some bad guys doing some bad things. The Joker shows up, shoots Jimmy in the head, kidnaps Lois. So Superman goes and he finds where Lois is kept. She's being kept on a submarine. The Joker has, it looks like he's doing like some kind of weird, crazy medical experiments on her, or at least he's making it appear that way to Superman. We find out beforehand Joker had stolen some kryptonite from Star Labs. Star Labs was using the kryptonite to try to find if there were any medicinal properties to it. You know, maybe cure cancer, maybe something like that. And they had... If I remember correctly, because it's used in a um, mist format, they had converted it to dust or something such as that. He had also stolen some of Scarecrow's fear gas. And so when Superman gets onto the submarine to rescue Lois, Joker hits him with this fear gas that also has kryptonite dust or kryptonite mist within it so that the fear gas actually affects Superman. And in this hallucinatory, paranoid state, he suddenly sees Doomsday on this submarine with him. And he says, no, not again, Doomsday. I'm not gonna let you hurt my wife or my unborn child. And he starts fighting Doomsday and he ends up just grabbing Doomsday. He flies up into the atmosphere and he flies out in space. And we learn, of course, Batman tries to warn him that it's not Doomsday. With his fear gas induced Paranoid state, he thought Lois Lane was doomsday. So he flies her into space and of course she dies. And Superman snaps at that point. And they made, there, there's a really good part in the book where they're like, look, he lost his original parents. He lost his, oh wait, there's, there's another part, hold on. So the Joker had also planted a nuclear weapon in the middle of Metropolis, set to go off if Lois's heart stops. So when Lois dies, not only does Superman have to live with the fact that he killed his wife and unborn child, the bomb explodes and destroys Metropolis. So, yes, yeah, Superman snaps. Now, now, as I was saying, they, at one point they talk about in the book that you've got to understand that Superman lost his original parents. He lost his world. Now he's lost his wife, his unborn child, and his home. That's going to mess people up. And so he takes the Joker, who is now in custody, and punches him in the heart. He basically punches his he he punches into the Joker's chest. All the way through his body, his hand comes out the other side holding the Joker's heart and the Joker is now dead. So from that moment on, Superman takes it upon himself to fix the world. It's like through this he's had a moment of clarity. The Joker is a homicidal maniac who has killed over and over and over again. And they are stuck in this cycle where the Batman finds him. He stops him after he's killed some people. They put him into Arkham. He eventually escapes and he goes back out and he kills more people. And at one point he asks Batman, don't you feel any guilt over that? Don't you feel responsibility? And of course Batman does, but Batman doesn't kill. And so Superman also blames Batman for this. If you had taken out Joker, previously this never would have happened and that's when it re- it hits him he this is how he's got to be now he's got to stop anything like this from ever happening again and he starts by basically giving an ultimatum to the rest of the world the fighting stops all the wars all the terrorist attacks it all stops now and if it doesn't I will stop you. Wonder Woman takes his side. Most of the Justice League takes his side. Some of the other heroes stand against him with Batman. He's got kind of like a a shadow group working against him. It's it's uh so on Superman's side it's Superman, Wonder Woman, the Flash, Green Lantern, Cyborg, Lex Luthor you, in this world, because this is an alternate universe in this world, Lex and Superman are friends. So they're kind of toying with the whole, what is it? Earth three, maybe where all the good guys are actually bad guys. There's no Justice League. It's the uh, I can't even think of what they're called now. Instead of Superman, it's Ultraman. Instead of Wonder Woman, it's Superwoman and they're all evil. And the only hero in the entire world is Lex Luthor or Alexander Luthor. They're kind of playing on that here. So Lex Luthor's a good guy, apparently. Him and Superman are friends. So he's helping them out. And then over on Batman's side, it's Batman, Captain Adam, um, Black Canary, Green Arrow, the Huntress. And that's kind of the whole premise of the book. Superman is is basically almost, it's like he's setting himself up to be dictator of the world. They don't really get to that point during the first year, but it's leading there. You can see the steps that they are taking. It's not something that Superman's not standing up and saying, in order to fix Earth, in order to keep people safe, I'm going to have to be the leader and you're all going to have to do what I say. No, he goes into it. it's, It's the whole, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. He thinks he's doing the right thing. He's just going about it the wrong way. And there's a point in the book where, The government, the U.S. government, they decide that they have to put a stop to Superman. But you can't just stop Superman. So what they do, they have this plan and they enlist the help of the Mirror Master. They they kidnap Clark's parents because by this point, Superman has he's held a press conference. He stood in front of the world and he said, my name is Clark Kent. I'm a reporter for the Daily Planet, or I was before Metropolis blew up. And it stops now. You know, that was kind of his speech. And so the American government, they set in, they send in, uh, operatives into Smallville and they kidnap Jonathan and Martha Kent. And it's a really good scene. Jonathan kicks a little butt in it and they take him using Mirror Master into the, you know, the, the mirror dimension or whatever it's called. Superman does eventually get them back. He takes them up to the Fortress of Solitude and it's, it's because they're there. It's, there's a big key moment near the end of, of year one that I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm going to try not to get into a lot more as far as the details of the book. I am going to talk about some of my favorite stuff, but I'm going to try not to spoil too much because I do think this book needs to be read. If, if you were like me and you avoided this book because A, it's not in canon and B, it's based on a video game. You should read this book. It is really good. I haven't read Beyond. I need to to start reading the other books because there was a a year two, a year three, a year four. At one point, Tom Taylor stops writing it. But then I think he comes back. He is currently writing uh, a digital series, Injustice, year one or year zero. Yeah, not year one, year zero. So it's set before any of this happens. And that's coming out digitally. And it's really good. But let's talk about some of the stuff I didn't like and then what I did like. So let's the the bad. Really, the only bad in this series is that uh, there were so many artists. Some of the artists were really good. Some of them were still good. I don't want to I don't want anybody to think that that there was bad art in this book, because I thought the art was pretty, if not top notch in every area. It was it was good art. The art was good. You know, I'm really bad when it comes to talking about art. You guys know that. So just bear with me. The problem was that there were a number of artists and I am one of those people that if I'm going to read a storyline from front to back, I need a bit of artistic continuity on the book. I need it all to look the same. I need it all to feel the same. And having one single artist for that entire storyline is the only way you're going to do that for me. I know other people don't need that. That's cool. Whatever, but I need that. However, I got past it in this book. Also not a big fan of the costumes. I think the only other thing I could really complain about are the costumes, the look of the heroes. Because it's based on a video game, they're not wearing their classic costumes. I think this may be during the New 52 era, but the costumes even then aren't the New 52 costumes. For example, Superman, there is a scene in the book set before all this happens, where Superman is wearing the classic costume. But in the present, he's wearing, it very much looks like the classic costume, but the S-shield on his chest, for example, is like a big, thick metal plate that he's wearing on his chest. It's like, take that S-shield off of his original costume, the classic costume, not the original, but the one we know now, the we'll just say the John Byrne Superman era. Take that off of his chest and make it out of out of freaking steel, okay? And make it about an inch, possibly two inches thick, and expand it a bit. It it almost goes from shoulder to shoulder, and so it just sits there on his chest, and I think it looks horrible. And then his cape comes around over his shoulders and kind of attaches to the back of the shield. It's a very horrible look. Batman is in full freaking Batman movie armor with all the the various plates and 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 lines and and all that junk and just I've never found that appealing in a comic book. In a movie or on TV, sure it looks fine, it looks good, it looks the way it it should, it looks real. But there's a reason a comic is a comic book. Okay, there's a reason why you're reading a comic book about a man who dresses like a bat. You're not looking for realism in that costume. I don't know anybody who read the book back in the day, the 80s or the 70s or the 60s or even all the way back in the 40s and went, mm, "I don't think they could pull that costume off in real life and have it look cool at all." I don't think anybody thought that. I think they just enjoyed the book. Wonder Woman looked good. She was she had quite a a, a costume change, but I liked it. The Flash again very much resembled the Flash from the Justice League, Zack Snyder movie with all the interlocking plates and the lines and everything. Didn't like it. Green Arrow, I thought looked freaking awesome. Harley Quinn looked kind of weird. She didn't have blonde hair. Her hair was brown. And she just had normal colored skin. It wasn't the the pale, the whiteness. That was kind of weird. But and then of course, they kind of took a key from the Suicide Squad movie and had her dress all provocatively. But that's it. Those are the only two things I didn't like about the book, the rotating artists and the look of many of the costumes. What I did like about the book was the heart. It was such a good story. Tom Taylor, I've said it before, the man knows how to take what is, in essence, a really silly costume People dressing up in funny costumes and going out and beating up bad guys. And he makes it feel real. He makes you feel invested in the characters. And if somebody happens to die in it, as people do in this book, it punches you in the heart. This is one of those books that because it's not canon, because it's not in the main universe, he can do whatever he wants. If he wants to kill off a character, he can. And I think that just helps the gravitas, I guess you could say, of the story. He also has really good moments of light uh, humor. He, he really, he's really good about blending the dark and the light. I'm a very big fan of humor books that inject a bit of drama within their humor. And it's the same thing with books that are dark and dramatic. You have to inject a bit of humor into it. For example... Harley Quinn has a rather big part to play in the book because she of course was with the Joker when all this went down. Green Arrow goes out and he finds her and he's taking her back to Arkham. They're, they're trying to get her someplace. This is after Superman has killed the Joker. And so they're trying to find a place where she can be, you know, apprehended where she can be imprisoned, but still be safe from being murdered by Superman. And Green Arrow takes her back to the Arrow Cave, which she gives him a lot of crap for. What The Arrow Cave, that doesn't make any sense. The Bat Cave makes sense. Bats live in caves. Arrows don't live in caves. They're arrows. Why don't you call it the Quiver? To which Green Arrow starts. He He, he gets really defensive about it, but then he realizes that's actually a pretty good name. I probably should have done that. And so he, he brings her back to the Arrow Cave. And at one point, there, there's this running gag in the book where she says she needs her fake mustache when he's apprehending her. I need my fake mustache. He goes, why do you need your fake mustache? And she says, nobody should justify the use of a fake mustache. And so he lets her have it. And then, of course, we find out later that the fake mustache is actually a lockpick. And that's how she gets out of custody. And, but that comes up a lot in the book, the whole fake mustache and the idea of nobody needing to justify it. And there's even a moment where, because during all this, the folks up on Apocalypse get wind of what's going on down on Earth, and Darkseid's boy, I think his name's Kalabod, he decides, I'm gonna use this time to invade Earth, and he sends an army down, and Superman takes him out. And so Darkseid, at one point, there's a side story where Darkseid, or somebody from Apocalypse, they don't say who, they just say somebody from Apocalypse hires Lobo to come to Earth and kill Superman. Well, Superman is now at a point where he's not holding back when he fights somebody. And he does something to Lobo that makes Lobo realize that regardless of the fact that even if there's a simple drop of blood left, you could, you could do whatever, you could beat Lobo into nothingness. But as long as there is a drop of blood left, he will regenerate. Well, Superman shows him that he can do more than that. And that he could legitimately do to Lobo something that will cause him to never regenerate. And that's at that point, Lobo says, all right, well, then obviously it's not worth it. So uh, see you later. And so then Superman hires Lobo to go find Harley Quinn. And there's a moment where after he captures her, they're on his rocket bike and she's got the mustache on and he goes, what's that? She says, it's a fake mustache. And she goes, do you have a problem with my mustache or something like that? And he goes, nobody should have to justify wearing a mustache. And it's just, it was a really good moment. It's like Lobo, for a moment there, Lobo and Harley Quinn, they got each other. There's a point that we find out that uh, basically when all the heroes start picking sides, Damian Wayne, Batman's son, sides with Superman. He totally agrees with Superman. Based on the way he was raised, because he was raised by Talia al Ghul, his mother, he's always thought, why haven't you killed the Joker? That makes no sense. And so he ends up turning against his father. Superman and Lex at one point, they they realize that the only way they're going to make this work to keep the world safe, there's just there's not enough of them to patrol the world. So they, they develop a pill that they can give to just regular people and it'll give them superpowers. That's kind of the whole, the climax of the book is Batman has to go get this pill. But it's... It's just it it's super good. It's it's got a lot of weight to it. It's got great character moments. There's great character development in the book. I highly recommend reading it. Now again, it's on Hoopla. If you're a member of Comixology Unlimited, you can read that first year. You can read year one for free. It's it's available through Unlimited. But it's all available through Hoopla. So as long as you have a library card and your library participates in Hoopla, you don't have to pay for it. You can go out there and read it there. It was really fun. It was really good. Again, I've read it twice. And I remember the first time through it at one point, just feeling very angry that I was enjoying this book because I was pretty sure I wasn't going to like it. Again, it's not in canon. It's based on a video game. It's so stupid. Why would I enjoy this? And so I got really angry at myself because I found, you know, you're kind of really digging this book. And that's when... Tom Taylor's name kind of got hooked into my brain. And eventually I started reading Deceased and just fell in love with the guy. Have you read Injustice? Let me know. If you haven't, go read it and then let me know what you think. If you're listening to this later through Just Another Fanboy, or even if you're one of my patrons listening to this through the Patreon when it comes out, I need your help. I'm not going to ask for a big thing here. I just need you to go wherever you get podcasts, and if that place has the ability for you to rate the show, please give me a rating. For example, most people get their podcasts through Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts has a way to rate the show from one to five stars, five being best. You can leave a review, but you don't have to. All you have to do is rate it. The more ratings I get, the higher in the search algorithms I go, and People are able to find it. Now, of course, I'm talking about Just Another Fanboy at this point. If you listen to Just Another Fanboy through Apple Podcasts, please rate the show. Please do that. I appreciate it. Otherwise, just tell people about Just Another Fanboy. Just tell them. Just go out and tell folks. If you listen to it through YouTube, every episode you listen to, hit that like button. Because again, algorithms, You know, I don't know how they work, but apparently liking and rating makes the algorithm feel good. And it's like, ooh, you like this? You rated this? Okay, well I'm gonna tell other people. That's what the algorithm does apparently. And you doing that is a big help to me. That's it, that's all I'm asking. If you can do that for me, well I'd feel pretty good inside. Deep down in my heart, deep in my heart, on the surface, but also deep down in the heart. Basically, pretty much any area of my heart, that's where I'm going to feel good if you can do that for me. If you can't, if you have a moral objection, you know what? I get it. I understand. I'm not going to judge you, but I am going to say this. This episode is now over. I'm done. The episode's done. I'm not stopping because you have a moral objection to rating my show. That's not why I'm stopping. I just happen to be finished. I just happen to no longer have stuff to talk about. However, I do want to let you guys know that I am out there on Instagram. I'm out there on Twitter at Steven or else you can find me at both places. Follow me. I talk about things. Sometimes I don't. I probably should have ended the show when I said I was gonna. So I'm gonna do it now. Bye.